my name is Ben Herman. I teach at Holland Christian. Uh, I teach with a bunch of these yahoos, so if they heckle, that's, that's why. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Desmos is a website that I've been using for um, I don't know, kind of the eight years that I've been, uh, been teaching, and it's grown a lot since it just started. Um, and it is uh, it's something that's really handy, so I thought we could play around a little bit and show off some of those tools. Um, and I'll put up contact info and some of that stuff later. Um, so what I'd like you to do right now, really quick, uh, there's a form with a couple questions to fill out. I just want to kind of have an idea of um, who I'm working with as far as uh, middle school versus high school and just kind of background stuff. Um, capitals matter in that. So it's bit.ly slash CEA form 18. Should bring up a quick Google form that you can fill out. Um, so it just gives me a little demographic. If you're just rolling in, I can help you get the internet and stuff. What? No. somewhere in there so we can get a few people onboarded. If you're just rolling in you don't necessarily have to. Oh we've got a lot of middle school people, it's awesome. Eighth, seventh grade, that's cool. Mostly Michigan, a lot of people have used it but haven't used Activity Builder, that's great. Alright so if you're just rolling in don't worry about jumping into that, that form right away yet. Um, if you need Wi-Fi help, I can get you hooked up in a little bit. Um, and I'll put this link up too when we get uh, get towards the end. Also, I just have the um, this slide deck that I'm using is linked. So if you ever want, if you want to look at it for some reason, if you want to see class codes that we use and access it later, um, I'll put it up. Or that link will send it to you. Just a copy of it. So I'll put that back up again later. So our overall plan is to explore Desmos activities. So you're going to be students in an activity for a little while. Um, so you can get a look and feel for what options are available. And then we'll kind of look at the teacher side of it, so how you create some of the different things that we'll walk through. Um, so I've created it to try and show off all the little uh, nuances that you can do with it. Um, and then there's also a thing called polygraphs that we'll look at and discuss some other implementations that people use. Um, so the first question is why... Desmos, and I looked this up yesterday. Um, if you go on Amazon and you have a Prime account, a TI-83 is currently $94.99. Um, and a TI-84 plus CE, the like fancy color ones, is $133 currently. Right? Um, this is a comic from a website. So it says, how is it that computers are millions of times faster and far cheaper, but graphing calculator prices <laughs> remain completely the same? It says, I'm going to the economics department so that I can explain this nonsense. So he's talking to him and says, it was expensive 20 years ago, it was expensive 10 years ago, and it's expensive now, despite everything that's happened and the power that we have in, like, this, right? Um, so he says, hmm, that's interesting. And then he comes back and says, in this paper we propose graphing calculators as the world's reserve currency. Because <laughs> they have not lost their value in 20 years at all, right? So... So we use those, they're things that you have to use for standardized tests, it's kind of what it's justified for, um, but in the day of technology that we have, we should probably have something that is a little less archaic than a black and white pixelated TI-83 um, that we probably all used at some point when we were students. Um, so this is what happens when you come to Desmos initially. Um, so it says explore math with Desmos, uh, start graphing, you just get to a graph. Um, but there are some other calculators too. So they have a four function and scientific calculator. Um, they have teacher.desmos.com. That's how you make activities. And then learn.desmos.com has tons of tutorials that you can use so you can kind of play around with stuff. Um, they've done a great job of making that accessible uh, so you can learn how to use it. And I'll tell you when to go to another link. Um, if, 
if you scroll down there, um, they have staff picks for math examples. Um, and these are changing all the time. So just when I took a screenshot the other day, there was circle, least squares regression, first derivative test. Um, and when people make these public, you can look at all their graphs. Right? So you can search them. Um, and it's become something that's used enough that if, odds are if you search something, you can come up with something close to what you want. And then you can play or copy it, play around with it, and so forth. Um, the Desmos art is crazy. Uh, so those are all, it's art created with equations. So if you look at the equation bank off to the left side of this graph, it is filled yeah. with inequalities, domain restrictions, range restrictions. Um, it is crazy what you can come up with in those. And some of those are just kind of cool to look through. Um, so the original was just this graphing website. So you have a graph that you can really easily zoom in and out of. Um, you put equations off on the left-hand bar, and it was meant to just be a quick way for you to come up with a graph. And that's how it started. Um, they have an app now. Um, so it's for iPad and iPhone. Uh, you can get it at the Chrome store. Um, I tell kids that's how you know you're cool is when you have a Desmos app on your phone. And then they all roll their eyes. Um, but, but that's what it looks like. So you can download this for free. You have something that's probably a little more intuitive and somewhat more powerful than a TI-83 on your phone. Um, and it's free. Um, so it's... It's handy for even me to use if I'm grading some places and I might not have computer access per se. I mean, you can pop it up. Um, once you download it, you can use it without connection to the web. Uh, and it's great. Um, and just yesterday on Twitter, I was scrolling through, and Desmos has a couple Twitter accounts, um, and they posted this. So they just came out with a scientific calculator app for your phone that, again, is free. Um, so it looks like this. So it has all the functions of a scientific calculator kind of scrolls up as you're calculating stuff. Um, and just, I mean, when I was looking at it yesterday, I was like, I might tell my kids to download that because that's way handier than if a kid doesn't have a calculator, but they're like, ah, oh, but I, so it's like, I always get the question, well, can I use my phone? And it's like, okay, but the calculator on these, when you twist it on its side, it's not as nice as that. And you have to tell kids how to do stuff differently. And um, so that's, that was just yesterday. It came out with something. Uh, completely new, which is pretty cool. Um, for testing, as far as like why reasons, this is the four function in the scientific calculator. Um, and it's now available on 21 state assessments. So if you've heard of smarter balanced assessments, um, so California uh, was kind of the first state to start using that as their statewide testing. But if they have electronic testing, it's those Desmos calculators that are embedded. They don't have all the features, right? Because there are some like pretty handy features that you could consider like a hack for kids if they're trying to solve problems. Um, but it's something that's, that's slowly growing, and I think the more that we go to fully electronic testing, the more that Desmos is going to take over as a vehicle for that, um, and TI is going to have to find another revenue source. Um, and if, you, uh, if your school district uses MAP growth tests, um, they just, uh, I think it says October 15, 2018, so if you took your test before that this fall, you had a different calculator embedded, but now Desmos has all the calculators embedded into map assessments for anyone that uses them from here going forward. Um, so it's something that's growing a lot. Uh, and they just came out with a geometry tool. So that's a construction where you can find a midpoint by creating two circles from endpoints of a line segment. Um, it's pretty intuitive. You can find distances, put labels on it. Um, so that's something that they're just kind of exploring. Uh, kind of, I think it came out in like April or May of last year. Um, but we're going to jump into an activity. Um, so when you log in and when I give you the screen, and I'm not going to give it to you yet, so you still have to pay attention for a sec. Um, when you go to the screen or the site, there's going to be a thing down here where you can sign in with Google. So you need to sign in somehow. Um, it should pop up with your name. And then I'll give you a class code um, to jump into. So you need to sign into that, and then we'll talk through kind of what your activity is. So it's student.desmos.com is the website you're going to. Um, so make sure you're signed in so I know what your name is. You always have to tell kids to use their actual name when they sign in so they can make stuff up. So I will typically, if someone signs in with a goofy name, I'll kick them out of the activity and ask them to sign back in be truthful with what they're doing. <clears throat> so click on that sign in with Google link and you should be able to sign in with an account. Um, 
and then the code that we're using is YU9ZTM, and I don't think caps matter, but it's that six-digit code is what you need to enter there. And then you can get into that Desmos activity. So you should see a picture of an owl in the class. Anyone still need the code? Okay. Leave that up there. All right. So, when once you log into the activity, you can start uh, going through the slides. So, I I created, um, or this is based off an investigation that we do in one of our units for our sophomore level course, where they're um, looking at the factored form of a quadratic and figuring out how that relates to x-intercepts. Right. So, it might be a familiar topic. Um, but kind of, if you know what's going on, just play around with some of the slides a little bit as if you were a, a student kind of investigating some. Um, and then you can roll forward. So while we're going through that, um, up here on my screen, I'm going to keep a, this is what the teacher version looks like while you're going through an activity. Um, so I can see all your names. Uh, since we're showing them, I can anonymize them. And it shows, uh, like someone's name is Isaac Newton. Um, they're all famous scientists or mathematicians or something like that, so it would be kind of fun for kids to look those up as you're going through. Um, and you can see where everyone is. So we have three people on the main slide, 15 people are in the exploring one, and then we're getting into some of the summary stuff. And if I really want, I can look up, uh, can I look up? I can look off Isaac Newton's screen and I can see exactly what they're kind of currently doing as they play around with stuff. Um, so it's kind of fun. You can just kind of scroll through those. So play around a little bit. Um, when you get to the summary, you write in a description, um, and then you'll get to a, a card sort. That's another thing that you can, you can do in there. Summary phase. When you have to type in an answer, you have a choice of using the arrow or clicking share with classes. I mean, I can get to the next slide. You can get to the, yeah, you, you should type in an answer there. Yeah, but what about yeah. the share with class? Yeah, that's the way that I see it. Yeah, yeah so in, in order for you to see it as a teacher, they have to click the share with class. Does the rest of the class see their answer? Um, it depends on how you set it up. So there's, on, on those summary slides, there's a button you can click that says share with class. If you don't want other kids to see it once you enter it, um, you can uncheck that and then they won't see it. So. You should be able, to, yeah. You should be able to do that from a phone too. So play around a little bit. Restricted you somewhat for what we're doing. And once. Sort if you drag them around and drop them on top, it'll start creating groups. Um, so you should have two two groups there. And it doesn't give you an uh, it doesn't say like correct or ask you to go back or whatever. Um, the card sort's really meant for formative assessment, so you can go back in as a teacher and see kind of where people are at. Um, and I'll show you that in a minute here. 
And you just tell people, just ask them to do their best job with it, go on, and then you can see any, any misconceptions that show up. I've restricted you to slide nine, so if you're through slide nine, We're going to do the really fun thing that happens. Ah, oh, now you can't do anything in there. And that always get, comes with a lot of groans. So in from mine, so the things you can do here, what I did was I set up some pacing. Um, so if you want to, I can, I can hit stop pacing. If you only want kids to get to a certain section of your activity for like a day or the beginning of the hour or what have you, you can select uh, pacing. So it says select your screen to start and then stop. So I went to nine, because I wanted people to just get through the sketching, and then you're restricted to those. So if you got to nine, you can't keep clicking that arrow to go on. Right. Um, so we can look at a couple things. Uh, we, I can look at the card sort. So when you pop this up as a teacher, um, all the people who have all the green overlays, like I, you create an answer key in here, um, so it shows you that all those were correct. So anyone who has the like three sets of greens are good. We have some people that haven't gotten it, which is fine. Um, so you can look at them. If you see some reds in there, you can click on it and say, oh, what's going on? Oh, they got one positive one in there. Okay. Um, so if you have a lot of that, that can often be a stopping point where you can go, okay, like this is something that we need to look at. This is a pretty good misconception. Um, another cool thing. Uh, for the sketching screens, um, so we've got people's sketches. If this is set as responses, you see them all individually. Right? If I go to overlay, this is a giant screen that has everyone's stuff on. Right? Um, I used this in a class uh, kind of two weeks ago doing um, an activity with circles. Uh, where is it here? Right here. So we had just started their, their prompt was to plot as many points as you can that are three units away from negative four, three. So they're given that point, they had to sketch those, right? So this is what popped up in a class of 28 kids after everyone had gotten through the sketch screen, right? So we've got some people that know, yeah, that's gonna be a circle, right? Um, what do the people in these corners think? Yeah, they think a diagonal is one unit. Right, so that gives you an opportunity to talk about that a little bit. Um, and then some of the people in here were kind of estimating what three out would be, because they know it's not a unit for a diagonal, so they're trying to do their best job to get out here. Um, and then, what about these? Yeah, they thought the diameter had to be three, so they're going one and a half out, so your diameter is three. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So the overlay thing is pretty cool for, um, you can do that for sketches, you can do that for graphs. So if people are actually graphing everything, you can see just a whole bunch of graphs overlaid. Um, it is pretty, pretty cool. Um, so that's our first uh, kind of sketch overlay. Right? Um, then we could look at, where's the other one? That sketch one, and we just got a couple people that are there. So we've got those people are getting that it's that it's down. And they're not going to be perfect. I had one kid who's an advanced freshman, like, trying to draw this really perfect circle on a sketch. And it was like, no, just, like, you can, you don't need to go that crazy with it. All right. So um, we'll unpause you. I'm going to jump you forward to uh, slide 10, actually. Um, so I'm going to start pacing again. So we're going to start here. And then we'll let you go to the... And so, once you get into this one, uh, this is commonly something that I've done with, uh, mm, that up. Uh, let's see, summary. This is commonly something that I've done with uh, when going through new things, like new types of equations. Um, so you can put directions off to the side, so it says graph a parabola for each pair of colored points. Your equation should be in factored form. Um, the blue, purple, and red parabolas should open up the orange and green parabola should open down. To change the color, you can click the gear. So if you click the gear here, uh, if you have an equation in, if I just put like y equals x, um, and click the gear, you can click here and change color. So I can make that blue or green or red or whatever, so you can play around with that. So that's how they make those. So play around, 
graphing in that a little bit, and then um, you'll eventually get into some marble slides. So you can, we'll let you play in there for like a minute or two. So see what happens as you're writing equations. sections of a class, right. I create three class codes. Yeah. So that's, but they're the same code all year long? Yeah. Um, yes, unless okay. you create an edit. Okay. Like for every activity, it's a new right. code. Oh, gotcha. I don't yeah. know that exactly where Yeah. Okay. Yeah, except every activity has a new one. Yeah, yeah. So I'll show you how to go in and kind of create and play around a little bit. slide to do a summary and then we can look at that and we'll take some questions over it and then we'll jump into some marble slides now. Oh, that's not what I wanted. That kicked you way forward. We will just stop that. Yeah. Alright, so if you can go to slide 11 uh, and just kind of answer that question that's in there. Yeah, so So as people are answering that, if you kind of look on, on my screen here, when you have um, summary ones, it kind of makes a bar graph for all of these. Um, so you can see what, what most people choose. Again, if you have misconceptions, you can see what was the most chosen wrong answer for something. Um, and if I do unanonymize this, uh, let's see if I can do it. Um, then it shows actual names in there. Right? So that shows up on everyone's, like on my screen, and you see your normal name again. Um, and then down below, I can see all people's responses. So if I know that, um, say, Benjamin Banneker had chosen that first one, and they give a reason, I can go down and look and see what they're thinking about it if I've asked a question for it. Um, and you can just do straight summary ones with no text, too. That's kind of up to you as a, um, as a teacher. Um, so any questions about like, stuff you've seen so far? And I'll show you how to create stuff. Any just general questions? Yeah? Um, what's the URL to get to the teacher screen? Uh, it's teacher.desmos.com. Yep, so if like, I'm logged in on teacher.desmos.com, that's what allows me to see it. Um, and then students use the student one. So that brings them to the code. 
Alright, so we'll play around with one more thing in here. Um, if you can head forward into slide 13. Um, uh, if anyone's played with marble slides before, this is just an example one. Um, this is something that came out within the past, past year. It gamifies things a little bit, um, which is kind of fun. Uh, but the overall point is you have to get all those gold stars. So when you launch that, those balls kind of follow a pattern of gravity. You can place stars wherever you want. Um, and then they have to create equations based on those to kind of get those stars. So 13 is just meant to like see what's happening there. Right? Um, and if you go into 14, you're trying to make a parabola that will get those. So if I just launched that, you get one star. So you haven't gotten all. Alright, so play around in those for a little bit, see what you can do. Just get a feel for it somewhat. Can you do the stars with various types of graphs? Yeah, you can I, I can place the star at any point on the graph. Yeah, so you, and you can place, I mean, whatever you put in for coordinates. So you can put in, uh, oh, okay. you can use like either phi or whatever decimal is for that. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can make it basically impossible. Um, yeah, I would, I would go for it in factored form. That's what we're kind of going for so far. Yeah, they bounce. Um, they'll like curl if you put them on, on a curve and launch them off. That's kind of cool. Change the launch spot. The, the participant can, or you? Can? I can. When I when I create it, I can change the launch spot to be wherever I want it to be. Yes, yeah, students cannot, so it shows up when they when they get it. So, um, and the higher you launch it, the more gravity it has as they come down. So if you don't put it very high above where it's going to come, like if you have shooting off it, like ramping off a graph, it's there's some crazy programming that they put. So you have to bring it uh, yeah, they just they just have to touch oh, yeah. all these stars. Yeah. Might have been close there. I'd say one. But I think that one. Yeah. Well, I think that one. Yeah, I have. I have a link that you can write down. It'll just give you all the slides that I've used, so you'll see all the codes that we have. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they're, and they're public, so uh, for my activity, I created this public, so you can go and copy it and edit it if you want. Yeah. No, but Desmos itself is free. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it is, it, is, it is completely free to use. I think maybe Yeah, so I think a big funder is the, um, I believe, is the Gates Foundation. Um, it's pretty big behind backing them, but. Yeah. All right, um, let's see. If you can go, so we've got some people playing around in those. Um, let's see, which one was, this is the upside down one. Um, yeah, let's look at these. 
All right. Yeah. So if we if we look at some of these, and then you can pull any kid's slide up at one point and kind of interact in it. It doesn't show up on their screen, but I can change stuff um, if I'm if I'm having a conversation. So if we're looking at uh, Diana Timinas, and we kind of show the launch of that, and that just goes up, and then it'll come back down and hit that. Um, and what we've done over here, you probably caught on to. If you put brackets, this is domain and range restrictions. Um, so the very first uh, kind of linear marble slide activity that students go through, um, it gives them a slide that's really similar to this that says change one number to get all the gold stars. They play around enough. They've got an intuitive knowledge of a domain restriction without being given a definition, without having talked through it. Um, you know, that's one of the things I've found is can always be a headache to start to teach. And this has done it pretty intuitively right away without any instruction on my part. They're just playing around. Um, and you can create crazy complicated ones. So this one is meant to, um, not crazy compliment, but this one is meant to ramp up. And then you create another parabola so you have to go back down and get those other couple, right? Um, so you can be as creative as you want in that. And it's kind of fun when I was just playing around with this, because I place the gold stars wherever I want, I place the launch point wherever I want, and then I'm writing equations and seeing what happens, and then uh, just hiding those ultimately. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing that you, can, uh, that you can do there. So that's kind of when you're creating an activity, that kind of goes through every, all the different options you have. So there's summaries, card sorts, things you can play with just graphs, marble slides, um, uh, there's a lot of options for when you have uh, created those. So we'll go. We'll look at the uh, kind of teacher side of things for creating them. Um, a couple just like highlights of these things. Uh, oh, one thing I should have shown that I didn't. I'm just going to pause you in here so you can't play around anymore. You got to pay attention. Um, uh, is the snapshot feature too, which is really cool. Um, any of these graphs, if you look on my screen, uh, have this little camera next to them, right? So what you can do, if you see someone who's particularly creative or who you want to talk about and save, um, like I can go to Al Hazen's, snapshot captured, and it logs these up here. So I can go to snapshots, and I can drag these over to start a collection. There we go. Um, I can put a question up here uh, or a comment up here, and I can go through and show all those. Um, so when I did one of the linear marble slides with uh, one of my classes, um, I went through, so they, they kind of played around with this after we took a quiz, um, and I made some snapshots just of a bunch of different things the kids had done. So this was a, a linear one, so they had to get all these. So you can see they're kind of doing, um, they've got a couple different equations there. If you drop it on a straight point, they'll split. They won't on a parabola for some reason. Um, but you can see this, they go down, hit both of those, and then we can see other people's options. So that's what someone else has looked like to get it to do the same thing. Um, we've got a couple of those. This one used more of a ramp effect. So they go here, they have a vertical line, and it slowly chugs down, and then it drops down that way, right? Um, so it allows for a lot of creativity in, in what kids are doing. Uh, so that's another one. Those kind of just stop over there, and then those slowly, you know. Um, so the snapshot feature is pretty fun, too, uh, to be able to capture um, some student work. The other thing um, I thought was particularly powerful in this one, uh, in this linear activity, and this is one that Desmos just has created. I didn't do anything in this one. I just copied it and made a code. Um, they have a free play one. There are no stars on the screen. Right? So if we, if we look at this, uh, there is simply a drop from somewhere just to the right of the y-axis. There are no gold stars in this, right? There's nothing like that they're trying to get. Um, and I had three students uh, come to me the next day saying that they played around with it and they just created something that was cool and they wanted to show it off. So this guy has all these lines so it makes a curve and he thought it was sweet that they kind of ramped back over there and then just duck around, right? They were doing this not on my direction or my time. Um, this is another one that kind of drops and then funnels places. Right? They're not trying to get anything, but she thought it was super cool that it looped back around there and then kind of settled. 
and then you've got another girl that just created all these ramps so they go down back and forth. Right? And this was completely on their own time. And they were like, I, all three of them came to my desk and wanted me to show that. And it's like, oh man, like I've never created that in like a normal class. Right? And that, that's the first time, like doing this was the first time I've had an audible groan when the bell rang. Because they were still working on this and they worked through all the challenges. Right? And if you pause them while they're doing marble slides, kids get mad. Because <laughs> they are not done. Um, so that is, that's one of, the, one of the cooler things in there. All right, so we've kind of seen what it looks like from a, uh, a student perspective. Let me see if i got anything more in here that I wanted to show off. Uh, nope, I don't want to do that. Are these all ones you created? Um, the linear one that I was just showing is not. So but like that, it's just... Yeah, this, this was from an activity that I had, I had created. Um, yeah, so let's go into, uh, let's go into the teacher version. Um, so you can, you can click out of that tab. If you want to keep it open, you can play around a little more. Um, but we're going to go to uh, the teacher version and play around a little bit. So we can kind of start an activity and see what's going on. So it's teacher.desmos.com is the website. Um, then I'll show a little bit of what's going on here. So this is what your basic website should look like when you log in. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you can look at most popular, you can look at latest, um, your own activities that you've either created or used, you can look through. So if I go through my history, um, it kind of categorizes it by date that I've used things. Um, I have some activities in there from last year that I can go back in and still look at um, if I want to see what you know a class did or something like that. Um, custom is anything that I've created, um, and then you can bookmark activities too. So if you find, if you search one and bookmark one, you can copy one and play around with it. Um, and then they've created these bundles based on topics. So there's a bundle for conics or exponentials or expressions. Um, so if we look at the linear bundle, um, they've got all sorts of ones, and these are Desmos created ones that you can go through. Um, so they start out pretty basic, point on a line, match my line, uh, land the plane is a pretty fun one. Uh, these are all, like I said, Desmos created. So the company itself is making these activities as kind of a tutorial to go through linears. Um, if you go to search for an activity, uh, then you can see anything that's public in there. Um, so if I want to search for quadratics and see what pops up, you can get, well, hit the hoop, uh, a card sort, to build a bigger field, um, all sorts of ones when I just used uh, quadratic, or if I go to most popular, you can see ones that are currently <coughs> pretty popular. So there's a lot of them out there that you can use. Um, and if I want to use one, I can click on, I can either bookmark it, so that'll show up in my bookmark ones. Um, if I want to just use it, I can click on it and then hit create a class code, and that creates a code that I can just use right away. And then when you go to view dashboard, that's where you can actually see what was going on in one of those. Right. Um, let's see, where's my, that's uh, kind of wonky with my screen now. Fully working. Alright, so that's ways that you can search for them. Um, and let's see, let's create one. Um, so let's go to create a new activity. So if you go to, uh, if you click on custom off on the left, and then in the top right underneath your name, uh, it'll say new activity, and we'll talk about polygraphs in a little bit. Oh, and one thing, one other thing you should do that's kind of handy, if you click on your name here as a drop down, um, you can see learn Desmos, so that has tutorials. If you go to Desmos Labs, uh, this is kind of where, it's kind of their beta testing for stuff. Um, and you want to turn these on. So you, you can get marble slides, that's still kind of technically a beta thing for them. Um, the geometry tool uh, is still beta. And then they have a new thing called computation layer where you can actually do coding behind some of the screens um, to get stuff to pop up. So 
when you were doing the sketching and your sketch showed up in the next screen, that's something that you can use the computation layer for. Um, and the programming language is really simple and they have like copy and paste codes that you can just use for those. Um, so I don't know anything about computer programming and I could do a couple basic things in there. So it's not something to be like, well, I can't. I might not be able to do that. Right. So that just kind of gives you access to everything. Um, oh, I kicked it over to my other screen. Uh, so let's go to um, new activity. And you can you have to make a title when you start it, so I'm just going to call that test. If you have something that you're thinking of using it for, maybe you can start something. Uh, and this is your all of your options that show up. Um, so to create new screens, you can just click this plus out here. Uh, if you want to drag screens around, you can drag around and change the order really easily. Um, this up here gives a title, so whatever screen you want. So if you want, uh, say, just an opener where you want to add some text, and I should probably learn how to spell. That looks a little better. Uh, and then these are all your options for what you can put on a screen, and you can put multiple things up. Um, so if you choose graph, it gives that basic graph. Um, if you want to put a note next to it or a picture or something like that, um, you can put a note next to it. Uh, and then if you X those out, you can get rid of it. Um, if I want to put a table next to it, and I want them to graph that or use some data from a table or something like that, you can put that next to it. Um, input uh, is where they have to put in some answers. So I have, if you have text selected, they're actually typing out something. Uh, if you have math selected, they're writing an equation of some form that gets it right to an equation editor. And then this is where you can change. Um, so if you have that checked, once they submit an answer, students are going to see other answers, a couple randomly selected ones. Um, you can also do the ask student to explain their answer. So if they just did the math one, then they have an equation and they have to write an explanation below it. Uh, and then choice is where you can do um, kind of a multiple choice. You can type stuff. Uh, you can add a graph in there if you want them to choose from a couple graphs of something. Uh, you can put an image in there if you want them to choose from some different images. Um, so this one has them explain something after they pick their choice. Uh, simple just has them simply make a choice and then go on to the next screen. And if you choose multi-select, then you can choose like all the options that would work. Um, so say we had like factored form and standard form of quadratics, and we wanted to know which ones were equivalent. You could put a whole bunch of them in there. They'd have to choose the appropriate ones. Right? Um, and then when you go to uh, more, that's where you can put in, uh, there's an action button. You can make a card sort. Um, so for the card sort, you can just create different cards. So I created six equations. And then when you go to answer key, you drag them on top of what they should be on. And that's how it checks for all the answers that you have. And in, the, in that, you can put in images. You can put in graphs. So if you wanted to know like positive versus negative slope, uh, opening up, opening down, just for graphs, you could put graphs in there instead. Uh, and then that's where you can also get to the, you can have them do stuff in the geometry tool once you've checked that in the decimal slabs, and then you can do the marble slides. Um, so in the marble slides one, uh, there you put your ball wherever you want, and it drops from, and then you can put as many gold stars as you want for them to go after, and you're just placing those based on coordinate points. Um, so I was creating equations over here, and then placing stars appropriately, and then doing stuff like that. Um, so let's play around with the graphing one a little bit. I think some of the other ones are fairly straightforward, but there's some cool stuff you can do with the graphing one. So if you go to a, uh, if you go to a graph, and it should just pop up with an unlabeled graph. I don't know why that's not. There we go. Um, so when you're creating a graph, um, some of the things that I did that are pretty helpful um, are, one is creating points. Um, so if you want to create a point, I can just type 1, 2, and that point shows up over there. Um, if you wanted to label it with something, you can click label, and you can type in uh, whatever you want. You can call it C, you can call it center. Um, 
and you can change where it is, left, right, above, below, small, medium, I can make it really big if you click that gear. So creating points is pretty helpful. Um, you all typed in equations, so you can play around with the f of x or y equals form, so I can just graph a basic line. Uh, but one of the really helpful things uh, is creating uh, folders. So I had a lot of stuff that showed up on your graphs and you couldn't see anything off to the side. Um, so if I create, if I go to the plus and add an item and I can add a folder, um, I always, if I'm putting stuff on a graph and I don't want kids to see it, I just call it guts. I don't know why. Um, and you can go to hide this folder from students. So if I drag that up and I don't want them to see that actual point, um, I can put it below there, and then if I drag it over, uh, where's the, come on. you can see how those, those lines match up. So that's in that folder now. So if a student goes to this screen, they can see that equation, and they could play around with it if they want. They can't see that point. Right? So it shows up on the graph, but nothing's going on. Um, if, I wanted, if I was using that to create something like those marble slides, and I just didn't want them to see it, but I still wanted to see the equation at some point. If you click on what's showing up over here, and I have to get rid of the label too, then that point is gone too. So if I want to know what equation I used, because I'm going to go back next year and then forget exactly what I was doing, right? we've probably all done that with something that we've created, um, you can just hide that. Then they won't see it at all, but you can go back in there later and see your equation or your point or whatever you're using. Um, you can add tables. Uh, so let's add a table. So you can do a table of values and we can put in some points. So put in some points that aren't, they're just kind of random. So I'm going to put in one, two, two, six, and three, seven. And you can change the names of those if you really wanted to. It's kind of up to you as you're creating stuff. So get a couple points in there. Um, and from tables, uh, you can do regressions pretty simply in Desmo. So um, if we want those Y values, you can type Y. And then if you type a number right after a variable, it kicks it down to a subscript. So you've got Y1, and it tells you there are three elements in there. Uh, so and then if you use a tilde, so if you hold shift and that tilde key, that's what allows you to do regressions. So if I want the linear regression for that, I can type in then mx1 plus b. So for those points I've chosen, my slope is 2.5, my b value is 0. See the r and r squared values, play around there. Um, if you wanted an exponential regression, you could type in y equals a times b to the x, and then you have to click logarithmic. So if I wanted to do um, a times b to the x 1, and then I click log mode, that gives me a logarithmic regression. Um, so pretty, pretty straightforward for those. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's helpful in uh, and you can put in images, you can dump a bunch of stuff in a folder. Um, if you want to go backwards and just back steps, you can back up. If you want to go forward and redo stuff, you can go forward. Um, as you noticed with that gear earlier, you can change colors, you can make it dotted, you can make it dashed. Um, and you can graph inequalities too, so if I wanted uh, inequality wise greater than and if you want the equal, you just type an equal sign next to it, and it puts a greater than or equal to, um, and then it does your shading for you. Um, and when you're using it, if you noticed on the graphs before, it's really easy to slide in and out. Um, you can use these. Kids, most of the time, will just kind of pinch zoom on an iPad or use trackpads to do that. Um, you can click on points. So if I want to zoom in and see a specific point, I can click on that. If you click and hold on a line, um, it kind of gives you, gives you values along that line, if I can get my mouse there, so I can see specific values. 
Uh, and if you want to overall change your window size, you can go to the wrench up here, and um, you can sh projector mode just makes it a little more bold. Um, you can have grid. You can change show axis numbers and minor grid lines or not. Uh, you can label your X and Y axis. So if you want people to be doing something in context where they're graphing something and you want, say, like uh, dollars per month or whatever, they can label that and then it'll show up. And you can change these values. Um, so if I want a graph that goes from like negative 20 to 20, you can do that. Um, and they also have snuck in a really nice way of doing compound inequalities that kids can grasp onto a little quickly too. Um, so that's kind of everything you can do with the actual graphing. Alright, let's play around with one more thing. Oh, well, any questions about that kind of stuff before we, there's one other kind of activity that I want to play around with. When you set this up, can they do it at home? Like when you yeah. set up an activity? Yep. Okay. Yep, they can do it at home. So as long as they have the, the code to go in with, they can do that. Um, and when, if they log back in below where you put in that student code, it'll prompt you with the last code you put in. So you can click on that and go right back into the activity. Um, but yeah, I, like, if, if a student from last year had a code for an activity and I haven't deleted that thing, they could go back in now and pick up right where it left off. It saves all that info. Um, so that's really handy too. So you can have them do stuff outside of your classroom as well. Uh, let's see. So you need to go to student.desmos.com again, so we're going to have you be a student again. Uh, and we're going to play around with a thing called polygraph. Um, so your code for this one is 9J4BWM. 9J4BWM. You're a student again, so student.desmos. And as you're... As you're going there, you'll notice it shows Desmos Exploratory below that student code because that was the last thing that you logged into. Um, so this is a polygraph. It has you go through like a quick little tutorial to start. So you'll see a bunch of people with different clothes on. So you have to pick one, hit next, and then it kind of goes through a polygraph activity with you. If you know what it is, you can jump right into polygraph. If you haven't used it before, Play around, you can see what's going on there. And then once you go through, you'll actually get paired up with someone. So if you kind of get the gist, you can skip, you can click skip up top and jump into it. And then it's going to pair you with a partner. Um, and I should. <laughs> Anonymize you. Polygraph, you notice it has to be yes or no questions. Mm -hmm. mistake and they'll say yes when they meant no and then yep. you choose the wrong one and then you get upset about it. 
All right, so you kind of get the idea of what's going on. And I can, um, I'm going to pause you for a sec. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, but you can, another cool thing that you can look at um, is I can go in so I can look at David Hilbert's um, and I can see all the questions that were asked in that game. Um, so if I want to know, kind of, if you want to just know whether people were taking it seriously or not, you can go in there because you could just be asking some goofy questions, you know, and then you can jump on a kid um, for something like that. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of polygraphs created in there. You you can make your own polygraphs. So did you create this one? I didn't create this one. No, so nope. Like when we, I'm trying to remember when we pulled out the polygraph, it just appeared. Yeah. So when you go to um, if I go, where's my t-shirt one? Let's go back here. Um, if I go back, uh, um, in a lot of these, like if I go to exponentials, um, there's probably a polygraph somewhere in here for exponentials. Okay, so they, like, how would they get So they, like, I would go in and I would create a code for it if I wanted to use this one, and then they, yeah. So, and all you do, like, all I do if I want to use that one is click create code. Um, it created a code over here, and you would give that to your students. Um, the, I have found the polygraph is really helpful for introducing vocab before you do it. Um, uh, last year, I taught juniors, and we do a bunch with rational functions, so you have asymptotes and holes. Um, so they get all these wild graphs that they've never seen before. And somehow you have to ask yes or no questions on that, right? And it gets frustrating because you don't know how to talk about these graphs that you're trying to get someone to pick. Um, so having them play a little bit and then go back through and say, okay, how are you talking about this? This is the actual mathematical name for it. Like when those graphs were kind of going and this was happening, that's where an asymptote is. And then when they go back in and play again, they're using that language and they're using asymptotes and holes um, and x-intercepts and y-intercepts because it makes it easier. Um, so it gives a much more kind of intuitive jump into it, just like doing the domain restriction um, before you've gone through and given all the vocab for it, and then they're supposed to care about it somehow. Um, uh, a lot of what Desmos tries to do, um, if you've heard of Dan Meyer, he's kind of a like blogger, speaker. He works for Desmos now. That's what he did after going through Stanford. Um, he's one of their like creative directors or whatever you want to call it. Um, but he has a thing where it's, uh, if you have a headache, what's the aspirin for it? So a lot of what Desmos tries to do is create a headache. So in the polygraph, I don't know what vocab is that's creating a headache for me. But then I tell you what an asymptote is, and that's the aspirin for it. So now you know, and now you can use it. Um, and that's kind of their theme that they do for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the stuff. Um, yeah? That's automatically where you're going to pair up things. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So a polygraph so, automatically has a whole bunch of screens so like that. Everybody will have a pair. Yeah. When you do that, what is an odd number? What happens? Um, if it's an odd number, they do. They have a. Uh, I think they have an like AI generated one that will go through and ask like select a graph. So one person asks you the question and does the switch once you're done. Yeah. Yep. So once you finish a game, if you were the question asker, then you're the the answerer the next time. Um, and I actually had last year with one of my remedial classes, I think this is on here somewhere. Um, so this is how I show uh, codes in class, or how I showed them last year. So if I had a bunch of sections of a class, I would show all three codes. Right? We did a polygraph with one of my remedial classes, um, and during the second hour of the day that I had that class, people were like, how am I playing Fred right now? And I was like, Jacob Fredericks is not in this class. So I had two boys that had written down the other code, and they were in the back of their chemistry class, and they were playing legit. They weren't screwing around, um, but they were in the back of their chemistry, chemistry class on their computer playing polygraph with my current class. Like, I went over and looked in the window, and they're back there just, like, grinning, and then I eventually caught their eye and kicked them out of the activity. Right? Um, but that's another cool thing. I don't think you have that that often. Um, for something in a, in a math class. So now I show them one code at a time so people can't jump in on other activities. Um, another thing to note, there are some people that play around with using Desmos for assessments. Um, 
So actually for some type of like formal assessment because of some of the, the tools that you use. Um, so you can see really quickly uh, like multiple choice answers. You can look at one student at a time and go through all their answers or you can look at group stuff. Um, so there's, uh, this is a guy who teaches calculus down in Texas. Um, so he's done some of the multiple choice stuff. Uh, it's a calculus class, so he has them sketching derivative curves based on graphs, and so you can kind of see what people are thinking for derivative curves, and you can look at all those. Um, and then it's really good for free response questions, too. So you can give people a graph, and then they have to kind of do a free response answer for it, and you can see all those at once. Um, and there's some links in here. These are all uh, some posts about people using it for assessments. So you can see their kind of examples for it and um, what they're doing with it. And don't you don't need to write those Good down. Question. You go. So the free yeah. response, as the teacher, if you're grading that, can you yep. then put a comment in um, that, or how does that work? You can't put a comment in there, yeah. but like you would be going through similar to their tests and then like scoring them. So I think he uses uh, kind of a system of uh, spreadsheets when he's doing it. Um, he's like really crazy with stuff, um, but and can give feedback that way. All right, so um, that's my contact info. If you have any questions for stuff, um, the slideshow down there. Uh, if you go to that Bitly link, it gives all the slides that I've shown, so you can see our class codes. You can get to any of those links that I put in there. Um, whatever you want to get at, uh, and hopefully that gives you something to uh, to play around with. It's it's pretty fun, um, and I've found that uh, the kids enjoy a lot of aspects of it, too. So, any, uh, any final questions? All right, well, it's like 11.47, so I'm a little over, but thanks for, uh, thanks for coming if you want to come. Yeah.